Basement. Mikey Krennic here with you. Happy Sunday. Happy Father's Day uh, to you. Should be a big holiday here at, at Cool Dad's Basement. You know, fathers by the score lining up to celebrate in the basement, all receiving wonderful gifts like uh, mugs. You know, the tie was the stereotypical Father's Day gift for a long time, but I, I do think it's been usurped by the mug, right? Or perhaps it's another modern Father's Day gift that takes the cake. Uh, a social media post about your dad. Because what do you get the man who's probably already concerned about your social media usage? Uh, association with the rest of your content. Here's six tweets about how I uh, wish everyone over the age of 40 would die. And here's a picture of me and my dad, who is over the age of 40. Uh, which isn't actually strange or eye-roll worthy. It's entirely, uh, you know, normal to have personal exceptions to global beliefs. Or at least it's entirely necessary, I think. Can't purity test your own life to the degree that social media sometimes insists you purity test all things, right? I think some people do try to do that to themselves. And listen, it's okay. A man uh, with a microphone is saying you can stop doing that. So that makes it a rule. It's not about being perfect. It's about being better. So if you're someone who thinks that boomer attitudes are by and large horrible, which, let's be fair, they are. Oh, they are. The world is a restaurant, and each person merely a, a member of a wait staff that isn't moving quickly enough. And they, they think that because they, they use your name, no matter what they're saying, they've proven they can read the name tag and make intense eye contact. You, uh, you owe them your undivided respect. So even though they're, they're you know, kind of like that, you could still wish a happy Father's Day to your father, even if he can be that way sometimes, or if he's not that way sometimes. I don't know your dad. My dad's pretty cool. Uh, but the reality of the situation is nobody uh, owes you anything. Uh, and you owe nothing to anybody. There's a, a baseline social contract that exists, but it's a social contract that's like so easy to make exceptions to. If you feel as though somehow, some way, something is being taken from you, be it something tangible like a timely service or, or harder to define like, you know, human dignity, it's hard to obey that basic social contract if you feel something is at risk. But when people sometimes lose the, 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 uh, the, the through line, what, what, what people seem to, to not understand sometimes is, is the thing that you feel like you're losing can often be something you were never entitled to in the first place. You know, I, I, I see people, older people, it's always, it's always older people, talk about how humans are so disappointing. The human race is so disappointing these days. Because, you know, somebody wants to be called they, them, or they put a five-second text warning before the Muppet Show about negative cultural stereotypes. Uh, do both of those things, at first blush, first, my first gut reaction to both of those things, do they seem silly to me? I will be honest and tell you yes. I mean, what's a pronoun? What does it, what does it matter? And is anyone really shaping their cultural viewpoint on The Muppet Show? 
And if they are, is this half-ass Disney Plus apology going to reverse it? But then I remember it doesn't mean shit if I care. I'm a guy who was born a guy and never thought for a moment about not being a guy, but beyond those wonderful conversations that young men have about what they would do. If, well, bro, what if one day you woke up and suddenly you were like a hot girl? Uh, and my answer was always uh, appreciate the unique perspective the opportunity has granted me. Learn from the experience forever altering the way I understand femininity and, and womanhood. Uh, or it was uh, stare at my boobs in a mirror. Uh, I can't remember which. It was a very long time ago. Uh, you know. So no, pronouns are not a big deal to me. But they're a very big deal for someone who's struggled with their gender identity. So on my side of the argument, I've got, I don't get it, it's another thing to remember. If I get it wrong, people are going to yell at me. And on the side of a society that's more conscientious about pronouns is, you know, people feeling more human and less otherized. Now, how exactly am I going to justify that as an equitable argument in my head? My culture, which is white New Jersey and not Irish, not Czech, I have roots there, but I'll be honest and tell you, they don't inform my experience. I don't identify with any part of my heritage. It wasn't big in my house growing up. So what exactly do I have to offer in the discussion about cultural insensitivity? The Muppet Show is five seconds longer? Good argument. Tough to top. And I don't really care to hear the slippery slope argument because it's it's in bad faith. It's always in bad faith. I've seen enough First They Came uh, uh, poems repurposed to be about NFL fans enough times to know that it's not really a relevant concern. It's never actually about the thing. It's about what happens if the thing is allowed. If children are being given puberty blockers, which uh, they aren't, that's not how it works. I thought that was how it worked, and I had a fairly shitty opinion on the matter. But then my brother helped me, and I read for four minutes, and I realized, nope, going off of bad info, and my opinion changed accordingly. Then what's next? I don't know. There's more happy children, which, listen, uh, happy kids are loud and annoying. I get it. But you're 67 years old. You're not making any new ones. What exactly do you care about this broad concept of things going too far? It's about you. It's about what's at stake for you. You can't go about your life the exact same way. You can't speak as freely as you wish. And you fear consequences from, from doing so. It's lazy. It's entitled. It's stupid. It's all the things you accuse the people on the other side of the fence of being. Oh, it just really disappoints me to see humans act that way. The concept of liberty, to some, is just libertarianism. You're not actually concerned about a broader issue. There's no broader issue to be concerned about a lot of the time, but you convince yourself that it's about something more than what makes you uncomfortable or what you're afraid of, and you build these big towers around a very small, inconsequential feeling. Which brings me to the guns. Oh, yes, I promise you'd, part, you'd get a part two. 
But like the best sequels, I figured I'd surprise you with a link towards the end. Very unbreakable cinematic universe of me, I know. But the major issue around the side that opposes further restrictions on gun ownership is not all that different than a lot of issues. It's fear. They're afraid of what it means if the government begins to limit gun ownership. Now, President Joe Biden, who... (laughs) President Joe Biden. I feel like if you look through all of post-Kennedy Democratic Party history and say, all right, fantasy draft, who would be the worst possible guy to put at the middle of incredible social unrest and unease? I don't know if he's going numero uno. I mean, you know, Hillary Clinton actually lost to the hands-down answer to that question on the Republican side of the fence. But JRB ain't falling out of the lottery. And I'm, I'm talking about like 1992 Biden. Forget the let's say, a diminished figure he cuts now. Oh, baby, he's been around a long time, and he's been in all the back rooms, or at least was told, hey, Amtrak boy, stand outside this back room, make sure no one comes in. And every now and then, something slips out of there that I think shines a light on what the machine as a whole thinks about certain things. And a few years back, he busted out this gem, which I will read verbatim, about gun control. Those who say the blood of the patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. I think if you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. Wow, reading it back really colors it up, huh? And and a lot of people were appalled when he said that, but I bet even more people privately said, uh, I mean, he's right. You can't actually think that you and three other guys who wear camo to Speedway are going to make a triumphant stand against the government. I mean, I don't know how closely anyone's been watching the January 6th hearings other than Stephen Colbert's writers, but the Patriots' plan laid out by the Proud Boys included at least egging the doors of the CNN building. So I'm thinking that the actual hanging of Mike Pence was more a motivational tactic than a plan of action, which, hey, fair play, it worked. But you, but you can't take, you can't trick Ted Cruz into taking a picture at a noodle restaurant and then telling him he sucks without numerous seated senators implying you're a domestic terrorist. Which also, I mean, hey Ted, stop posing for pictures. If I met, I'd do it. Anyone would do it. Assume anyone hates you, and you'll probably be closer to a happier life than you are now, Ted. All that beside the point. What what I'm trying to get at here is that it stands to reason that when he or any other elected official stands up for your right to own an assault rifle, what they're really doing is standing up so you vote for them and they keep getting that sweet NRA money. You do not have the power you think that you do. I know we've been sold a bill of goods since our first social studies class about freedom from tyranny, but governance is not tyranny. Addressing societal issues is not tyranny. But we've tyranny, tyranny, tyranny so much that the government we have in place doesn't even do that. They stoke fires because fire means turnout and turnout means their jobs are safe and their money is safe. The answers aren't coming from them. They're not fixing anything anymore. But three, three 
countries in the entire world have some protection for gun ownership in their charter or constitution. Mexico, Guatemala, and the United States of America. And only one of those three countries has unrestricted gun ownership baked in. Guess who? <laughs> Tell anyone who's, who's passionate about free, unrestricted gun ownership that, that hey, that kind of makes them like a, a more dangerous Mexican. See how that goes. Numerous countries that have had a significantly longer history of civilian gun ownership, like the Czech Republic, have amended their constitutions to at least include shall-issue permits. So the only country in the world with no real hurdles to gun ownership is the only country in the world where innocents routinely die to gun violence. The calculus does not feel difficult here. And, and, and you being a good guy with a gun does not change that. Of course, there's lots of good guys with guns. We own half the world's privately owned firearms. Of course there's good guys with guns. There's another fairly simple equation. But your individual experience does not define what is and what isn't tyranny. Just like telling someone who repeatedly refuses to use proper pronouns when asked that they're an asshole, or someone losing their job because they made a post about cutting the president's head off isn't Nazism, neither is supporting the concept of trying to strengthen gun laws to address the very obvious, glaring, statistically supported issue. And one 19-year-old lefty tweeting, ban all guns, means dick, dude. It means nothing. I tweeted a picture of Andre Risen with Paul Reiser's head. What'd that mean? Nothing. I'm stupid. It's not real life. Basing your opinions around the most extreme example that has no real bearing on anything is so weak. It's millennial soft, my friend. I would know. But you know what is real? A gun violence epidemic. And good, good guys with guns ain't fixing it. Once in a blue moon, someone who's packing responsibly will shoot someone before they can rack up a kill count. Sometimes I'll find half a pack of cigarettes and a pair of shorts in the hamper. Shit happens. But we got to base our plans on the shit that happens more. Those who volley cops were good guys with guns. What happened there? They got scared, just like you are. As a matter of fact, they are really leaning into how scared they were and willing to show their ass on that in a way that they usually aren't, which suggests perhaps that maybe wasn't the only response. You know, conspiracy theorists love to point out when a death count is too high for one shooter and they skip right to PSYOP and no, no, no uh, acknowledgement of the dozens of armed panic sometimes Insane people reacting without thinking, playing hero ball, representing an organization with a long history of covering up their own messes, no matter what mistakes were made. People love to tell people who say defund the police, which is maybe the worst messaging possible. Defund sounds so bad. All four tires on that car popped before it even got out of the garage, guys. Come on. But people tell them to be realistic. The same thing they tell the people who want their pronouns acknowledged, want their culture recognized, be realistic. Folks, clearly there's, a, there's an issue with unfettered gun ownership in this country. It's backed up by logic and reason. Two things I've been told do not care about my feelings. Be realistic. Taking a stand 
against that cannot actually be about your liberty, given the circumstances. If you recognize the need for law, if you recognize the need for social contract, then you have to recognize the need for change here. Otherwise, you're just being selfish. You're just being obstinate. This isn't the border. This isn't abortion. This isn't an issue, in quotes. A moral high ground does not exist. A religious high ground does not exist. A political high ground does not exist. The government you think you're protecting yourself from is not afraid of you. They're bigger, they're nastier, and they can do whatever they want. It's on you and only you to realize that your well-regulated militia is a glee club. I believe in a person's right to own a firearm. I don't agree with it. I don't plan on ever exercising it. But I don't believe that banning guns is an answer. I think that gets into a territory that people aren't comfortable with and maybe they shouldn't be. But we've got to face facts about military-grade weaponry in the hands of citizens. If you're on the fence, read the stuff they leave out of mass shooting stories about the damage the bullets do or the pain one feels when being hit with one. The gruesome details that get left out, not because of a conspiracy, not because the government is covering something up, but be common human decency. The parents of victims shouldn't have to read that. We're all owed common human decency. We're not owed much, unfortunately. We should probably get more. But decency and safety should be assured. If you're worried about your safety in a more regulated state, look at the causes of crime. Look at the socioeconomic ties to break-ins and robberies and even murders. Look at what happens in the poorest neighborhoods. You're so worried about gangs, how about asking yourself why do people join them? Do the work. It's not hard. Realize what we're dealing with. There's a way forward here. Can we fix everything? Of course not. <laughs> the planet's toast, baby. But does it have to be so goddamn miserable for so many people? No. Recognize how things make you feel. Imagine someone else feeling the same way, regardless of the cause, and find that commonality with your fellow human. And then we can start putting the pieces into place for a country that's safer, happier, and healthier for all. Except Ted Cruz. He, he can go, right? Like, maybe, how about this? We pick six people from six different voting blocks. We go to Cowboys Stadium. They can all get the 50-yard line. We all throw a pie at Ted in a nationally televised event. And then he does the slow walk from the 50-yard line. And everybody sings, na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. Then we can start putting the pieces into place for a country that's safer, happier, healthier, and less annoying. Happy Father's Day. I'll talk to you on Friday.